Hi. It is Swipe Art Sports. It is your sports wide hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, episode 64. And we got uh, the usual CFB DFS day slate coming. Uh, no night slate. They just released the contest. I'm on, this is a Thursday afternoon I'm recording this on. Um, I gave it a once over, and I have a couple of nuggets to share at the end of the day segment for the night contest that I think would be uh, useful. So we'll get to that. And also no NFL segment this week. Uh, There's just some scheduling conflicts. And uh, I actually got COVID and it made my work week kind of all over the place. So uh, we'll be back next week. It's probably a good thing. We were awful last week, or at least I was. Um, as I think everyone was, if you uh, bet on the NFL last week, it was a disaster. So uh, yeah, let's get into two. CFB DFS Week 11 for DraftKings starting now. Okay, welcome in one and all. It is Week 11 in the afternoon contest for uh, DraftKings. We have a uh, 13 game board now that Cal got canceled. And as far as just in general, these 13 games. I think a lot of these are pretty straightforward where we don't need to spend a ton of time and there just isn't much to say. For example, Minnesota, Iowa, overrun of 37 points. Yeah, uh, we're out on that. So <laughs> there's just not a whole lot to say. If you want to pay $7,300 for Tyler Goodson, so be it. Um, it's a free country. Do what you will. But uh, I am out when games like that. There's just not much to say. So there's a handful of other games like that where I think whether it's just the, the pecking orders established and the prices are fair, there isn't a whole lot of angles for me to add, or at least in, in my opinion, I don't think there's much to add or analyze. So um, let's just get into it. We'll rifle through these 13 as fast as possible, and you'll be ready to dominate. First game, uh, West Virginia at Kansas State. Kansas State minus six and a half, over under 47. As always, West Virginia is Letty Browner bust. Um, same goes for this week. Not really interested in the receivers. I think there's other matchups, places to take advantage of um, wide receivers if you have to pay prices like that. Also, I'm not paying 9700 for Deuce uh, Vaughn on the other side for Kansas State. Low total, 47, kind of tells you it all. And um, also, the, both these teams uh, respectively rank third and fourth in total defense in the Big 12. So I think there's just better spots to invest our money in. So let's just move on to to the next game, which is Minnesota-Iowa. We already talked about it. We're out. Next game, U of M at Penn State. U of M minus one over under 48 and a half. Uh, just another kind of small 10 classic here. Again, you see that over under 48. It just kind of has all the makings of just that November 21-17 uh, you know, matchup between two teams like this. Uh, but just a couple notes. I think you want to check the status of wide receiver Andrew Anthony for U of M and running back Blake Corm. They're both questionable as of right now. Doesn't really matter. I don't know because I don't know how much I want to pay for people in this game. Um, I don't mind Sean Clifford for Penn State under 6K at a as a, a pay down option at quarterback. But I think I have another Big Ten quarterback under 6K that I would prefer than him based on the matchup. So we'll move on to that quarterback in a second. Just before I mention, it's always Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. Those are the receivers for Penn State you want to focus on every week. Um, they're pretty much matchup proof for the most part, especially Dotson. With running backs, I just quit. Um, I, there's been multiple times where I try to pick out spots and go, this is the week, blah, blah, blah. It's just they don't run the ball that much. And when they do, they're not that great at it. So uh, next game, Maryland at MSU. 
Much better game here for DFS purposes. MSU minus 13 over under of 61 and a half. Um, that guy, that quarterback I was talking about, Talia Tagovailoa, he's at 5,900. I talked about MSU's defense last week and how I liked Aiden O'Connell for Purdue because of it. Well, that's two games in a row now where Michigan State, they're up to basically about 1,200 total yards of offense and over 70 points those two games uh, against Michigan and Purdue. So it just kind of is what it is, it is at this point with this defense. They're not good. Uh, they're not going to be good. Maryland and Tagovailoa have shown in spots they can be productive with the right matchups. Uh, he actually threw for a ton of yards last week against a pretty good Penn State defense. He just has his uh, classic, um, you know, Tagovailoa turnover. He's kind of almost like um, he's turning into like the Adrian, the next Adrian Martinez for Nebraska. Like all these flashes of, you know, upside and brilliance, and then just the bonehead turnovers here and there. So um, I still think right here this is a spot where I don't mind him, especially at the price of fifty nine hundred against this defense. We just talked about how bad they are. Uh, also, wide receiver Raheem Jarrett. I've talked about him the last couple weeks. Is a nice price floor ceiling combo wide receiver down to 4500 after um, six catches for 70 yards last week. So not sure why his price is going down, but might as well take advantage while it is. I think uh, he's in a good spot to be productive again this week. And then um, the other kind of breakout news from last week was tight end Chig Akonkwo for Maryland had monster 12-catch, 85-yard line. Um, he's at 4200 Now, no one's expecting another double-digit uh, catch performance here. But I at least think the matchup is still really nice. And also, in those last two games for MSU's defense, they allowed Michigan tight ends to catch 11 balls for 111 yards and Purdue tight ends eight catches for 74 yards, where, again, the middle of, those, the middle of that defense and like those inter, intermediate routes, they look like they're open for days. So um, something to think about if you're looking uh, for a paid-on option at the receiver or tight end position with uh, Chig Akonkwo for Maryland. On the state side, it's uh, Jaden Reed. Still think he has a ton of value at 6,100. I think he should be probably north of 7K each week. I think there's one more monster game in the tank for him this season where he gets like, you know, 150 receiving yards, seven or eight catches, a touchdown, maybe returns a punt for a touchdown too. I still think he has one more of those in him, and this could be the matchup to do it. And then it was uh, Trey Mosey last week who kind of took advantage of Naylor being out, which I think Naylor will continue to be out maybe for the rest of the season even. Uh, Mosey's at 4,600 now. Uh, he was productive with a couple touchdowns and should should have an opportunity to hear a nice matchup to continue to stay productive at a nice price. And then the other guys, of course, uh, Walker and Peyton Thorne, they're fairly priced. Do what you will with them. Let's go to the next game. It is Purdue at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 21 over under 62 and a half. Uh, on the Purdue side, it's kind of that running back slash wide receiver Jackson Anthrop I want to talk about. He's at 4,200. He has 12 catches and two touchdowns over the last two games. They just like to line him up and run kind of a lot of design throws from out of the backfield or screens on the edge just to kind of keep the defense honest. But that's just kind of the way they use him. He's more of a pass catching back as opposed to their uh, running backs, King Daru and Xander Horvath. Even though I think this is a pretty decent matchup and they have good prices, I'm kind of going to avoid it because now that Horvath is back, it's just going to cut into both of their production a little bit. So um, other than Anthrop, he's listed as receiver on DK. I think he probably continues to have some value in a game where they should have a ton of passing uh, script against Ohio State as 21-point dogs. And then um, the rest for Purdue, it's David Bell or, or Bust. Um, kind of hard to imagine, I think, him having a repeat performance after his monster game against State last week. 
It's something I always kind of like to look at. Like, if a guy just has a huge game as a receiver, it's like, eh, is he really going to run that back two games in a row against what's a little bit better a defense than what Michigan State's throwing out there? Um, I don't know. But uh, he's still at 6,700. Not, doesn't break your bank, but he's, uh, he's a great receiver. So that would be the only other consideration on that side. For Ohio State, it's now JSN, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Now leads the Buckeyes in catches and yards at the receiver position after his monster game against Nebraska uh, last week. Um, obviously, probably not going to be able to duplicate that ever again, um, especially with Garrett Wilson coming back this week. He's expected to play at receiver. But I think the point with all these guys is they're all kind of interchangeable is kind of uh, what their ceiling is each week. I think they're the same person. They're all capable of like five, six catches, 100-plus yards and a touchdown uh, every single week. That's their ceiling for more. And um, I think now that Smith and Njigba is at 7,800, I actually think Chris Olave, the values with him at 6,600, I think he's undervalued. All of these guys every single week should probably be $7,500 in any matchup. That's how uh, good their offense is and how good the quarterback play is and usually how soft the matchups are in the small tent that they have week to week. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an error there with Olave. So I like him at 6,600, but we know the Buckeyes. Just get him in there. Uh, they should have a nice week against Purdue. Next game, Northwestern at Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus 24.5, over under a 41. Needless to say, we are out on the Wildcats. On the Wisconsin side, I think we have a very intriguing spot here at the running back position. Uh, Ches Malusi, their de facto lead back now out for season. That leaves Braylon Allen and then question mark. So who's going to be the next benefit? Uh, your options are CMP candidate Julius Davis. He had seven carries for 32 yards last week in their blowout win over Rutgers, and he was kind of the first guy to get uh, the nod after the game was out of a whack, and I think Malusi had left the game. He They turned to him first. He got a couple series, then it was Jackson Acker, the true freshman, who ended up taking over on a series and scoring a touchdown. He had three carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. He's at 3,300. Uh, my guess, just based on last week, would be that Davis would be the guy that is going to be in line to get uh, a second crack in the rotation uh, to Braylon Allen. And also, the thing is here, I think we're not speculating because Malusi is already ruled out. And also, I don't think they're going to just give – Braylon Allen, 35-40 carries. I think they want to keep him fresh. They want to keep multiple backs in here. And this is the matchup where I think either Acker or Davis, I'm going to go with Davis. I think it's good for you know, 15, 16 carries in a matchup like this where there should be tons and tons of uh, positive game script for running the ball. So, um, yeah, I think there's someone that could return huge value out of those two. My pick is Davis, and I think you should really consider him as a CMP candidate, 3K contest price minimum. Uh that's really tempting. So uh, he's a good billion black piece there. That's it. Well, actually, I think there's a week because of the matchup with Northwestern, who is awful. Um, Kendrick Pryor at wide receiver and tight end Jake Ferguson at 3,300. Uh, Kendrick Pryor at 4,100. Uh, maybe consider that, you know, and just because just of the matchup. That's, uh, that's all. Uh, back to the Big 12. Oklahoma at Baylor. Oklahoma's minus 5.5 over under 62. Prices are fair on both sides in this game. Um, not really much to add, so I'm not going to talk about, yeah, play Kennedy Brooks, duh. Uh, what I would like to just mention is kind of laying out expectations for the Sooners here. We know the offense, uh, the ceiling's been up with Caleb Williams under center at quarterback for them, so I like that. However, we'll just mention, if you want something to just kind of be a little bit careful about with Oklahoma, if you're considering laying out 10K for Williams, 
Um, their last three games of the season are going to be their tougher games. And this is kind of where college football is a little bit weird in the sense that you can get this deep in a season and not have played anyone, which Oklahoma really hasn't. <laughs> the, the best team maybe they've beaten is, is maybe Texas. I, is that, I don't know what that means. So, um, yeah, so their last three games at Baylor, Iowa State, and at Oklahoma State are by far their toughest matchups. I think the Vegas line is kind of telling you another story as well here. Uh, it's not like they're minus you know, 15, 16 points here. They're minus five and a half. So probably going to be a, a, a tougher game. Sometimes if those games are close later. It can kind of slow the game flow down, make the offense play a little bit more ball control, conservative. So just something to keep in mind. Again, if you're considering laying out 10K, that's a huge price to pay for anyone on a slate. So um, yeah, if you want to lay out, if you want something to think about or overthink about, uh, there it is. So um, let's move on. Okay, last Big Ten game to talk about. Thank God. Uh, Rutgers at Indiana. And I don't think we're going to spend too much time here. Uh, Indiana minus 7 over under 42. Rutgers is Bo Metlin or out. Um, and on the other side for Indiana, we don't know who's playing quarterback. Is it Michael Penix? Is it Jack Tuttle? Is it Donovan McCauley? Does it even matter? Um, kind of intriguing because their prices are so low. But again, this is a matchup where it's going to be a kind of a race of 20 here. Um, as usual, it's tight end Peyton Hendershot or wide receiver Ty Freifogel are the only guys I think I would consider playing in this game for Indiana. I just can't be trusted with the quarterback situation. Um, so let's get out of here and go to a better game. Games like this is where we want to focus. UCF at SMU. SMU minus 7 over under 60 and a half. Uh, check the status of Isaiah Bowser running back for UCF. I do think if he does play, he is a very fantastic price floor ceiling candidate at the running back position um, where it's hard to find after those top four or five you know, stud guys. It's, it's hard to take shots on some of these guys, but I think he, he's one of them. Uh, also check wide receiver uh, Jalen Robinson. His status, he is tracking the play. He's at 5,900. Maybe he potentially lowers some of the production for Ryan O'Keefe, who's been really, really solid with him out of the lineup. He's at 7,200, so some, if you're considering playing him in a really nice matchup uh, with SMU, you may want to consider, yeah, is, is 7,200 worth it with probably Robinson going to cut into some of his production now that he's back playing. Um, and also, I think for paid on options at quarterback, Mikey Keene has been rock solid for um, UCF, filling in for Dylan Gabriel. SMU, last against the pass in the American Conference, so I think he should be able to continue his solid play under center for the Knights. On the SMU side, this is kind of interesting. At the running back position, we talked about last week, Ulysses Bentley the fourth. What is his status? He warmed up last week. I don't think he ended up getting checking in the game at all. He's still at 3,700. It's a noon kick, so hopefully uh, we can get some certainty or clarity around his status. If he is to play, um, if you wanted to get, this is maybe getting a little too cute, but if you're trying to pay down at positions, it's really hard to do it running back usually week to week. It's, just, it's hard to avoid those those really big stud running backs. So I think this is an opportunity, though. You could do it here if Bentley plays, and we know I expect him to be the lead back again uh, if he's completely healthy. He's at 3,700, then maybe playing a Julius Davis at 3K, and then paying up everywhere else for the, all the stud receivers. I think you can get away with that this week um, if, in fact, he does play. But just something to think about there uh, for SMU side. Other than that, the prices on QB and the receivers and tight ends are fair, so not going to spend any more time on them. But uh, anyway, good matchup here to invest in in general. So uh, consider that. Let's move on to Iowa State at Texas Tech. 
Iowa State minus 10.5, over under of 58. Uh, we know the Cyclones. They're fairly priced. I think Purdy's a decent value at 6,800. Tech is second to last against the pass in the Big 12, uh, and they should have their way with this with this defense. Um, Texas Tech, or sorry, Iowa State, pretty solid offensively, has been every year, especially in matchups like this. So Purdy at 6,800, also decent paint on option. And then, yeah, Brees Hall everywhere. Um, just great matchup. Probably going to have a monster week here. So if you can fit him in, and I think 9,500, which is steep, but um, – there's ways to do it. I've kind of mentioned them. So on the other side, uh, we're out. I don't really know who's playing quarterback yet. Tyler Show is expected to potentially be the starter. It's a 3:30 kick, so we're not going to know when the lineup's kind of locking at noon. So not worth it. Not not worth the risk there. Let's move on to Georgia at Tennessee. This will be quick. Georgia minus 20 and a half over under 56. I know there will be value for Georgia, but where's it going to be? Still. 11 weeks in, there's just no consistency or reliability from a CFB DFS standpoint. There really isn't. And uh, I'm not going to pay for the prices from the guys that you have to who are going to, you know, probably get the value. I just, they're way too volatile week to week where uh, it's not worth it for me. It's too big of a risk. So I'm out on this entire game because we're out on George's opponent every single week for good reason. So on to Miami at Florida State. A little more certainty here. Uh, and I would say this, running back Jalen Knighton at 7,900, if you don't want to pay for a guy like Brees Hall, I think at 7,900, you can make the case where I feel like if you look at kind of some of his stat lines and his role, he, he gets, you know, probably 25, 30 touches. Um, I at least think he can come away with a similar stat line to what Brees Hall could do from a production standpoint. And I'm going to save maybe around $1,600, $1,500. I think that's a really nice pivot off a guy like Hall if you don't want to pay that price. So um, someone to consider there. And then um, the rest of the prices are kind of fair and solid. Quarterback Tyler Van Dyke has been rock solid in place of Derek King. He's at 8K. And then a wide receiver Rambo been a stud at 8K as well. He's been the go-to guy for Van Dyke and been doing a really good job. So they're fair. Uh Put them in. Should be a good matchup for them to continue to be productive against a so-so Florida State defense. Both his defenses are kind of middle of the pack in the ACC. They're they're okay, not good, not great. Um, on the Florida State side, do not know who will be starting at quarterback, so avoiding that situation. And then the only guy I'd kind of consider paying for in this offense who's been consistently has a consistent role and been productive in the right spots has been Ja'Shawn Corbin at running back. But still, at seven K, I think I have some better options have been paying up that price. So uh, probably going to avoid anything here besides Knighton, uh, Rambo, or Van Dyke. All the rest of the wise here is very TD dependent uh, week to week. Next game, Mississippi State at Auburn. Auburn minus 5.5, over under a 50. On the Mississippi State side, uh, receivers, Austin Williams, 3,700. Decent value as it's kind of a dart throw there. But besides Makai Polk, all the wide receivers, tight ends, uh, become very, very touchdown dependent. Kind of lately, I feel like uh, Jaden Wiley has kind of returned to some of his form from a season ago. He had a three-game stretch where he went six for 64, five for 72, six for 95, and then had uh, he had one catch for a touchdown last week to kind of break a nice stretch of games. But I think he's kind of returning to his role as a you know one or one A to Makai Polk in this offense. He's at 4,800, so. I think he's at least someone who isn't completely touchdown dependent at this point in uh, the season 
for quarterback Will Rogers. And then if, if you just look at their the way their stats shake out, actually number two and three guys on the team in catches are the two running backs, uh, Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson. So kind of like we talked about the way they run this offense is it's just this it goes back to Washington State with Mike Leach. It's check down, check down, you know, bomb, check down, check down. Everyone tries to play two deep safeties and tries to keep everything underneath. So their running backs catch a ton of passes as they have, and they probably will continue to for the rest of the season. Uh, so that's it for Mississippi State. On the Auburn side, I think they'll be better than they were last week, but Mississippi State quietly is one of the better defenses in the SEC. I think that goes kind of under the radar because of everyone thinks of Mike Leach in the offense, but they're third against the run and fourth in total D in the SEC behind Texas A&M, who Auburn had a really tough time with last week. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of going to pump the brakes and stay away from Auburn O again this week. Uh, but that is it. That is the end of the slate. You did it. I did it. We did it. A uh, couple of notes to end. Okay, so for the night contest, just a couple nuggets for consideration. Um, Texas wide receiver, Calvante Dixon, a CMP candidate, contest minimum price. He's expected to be the starter now. And they talked about him before, um, I think a couple weeks ago, when Jordan Winton went out. Sark said, hey, I think this guy's going to, you're going to see him, you're going to hear him, he's going to get an opportunity. Well, not only Whittington is now out for season, Joshua Moore, pretty much whose guy has been the second guy in the pecking order the last few weeks, he's in the portal. So Dixon, I think, is going to definitely get an opportunity in a really nice matchup against Kansas, right? That's the other part of it is, even though Texas QB plays really struggled, I think they can do their job against Kansas and come away with a nice offensive performance here. So I feel like Dixon at the 3K price, I feel he's safe to come back with something. He's going to have all the opportunity in the world, uh, probably operating as the 2 or 2A option moving forward. And then the other guy is Texas A&M wide receiver, kind of tight end. Well, I'm not sure exactly what they listen as, but Caleb Chapman, he returned uh, from injury last week brought in three catches for 77 yards. He's a really, really nice player in an offense that's desperate for playmakers in the passing game outside of Anaya Smith. So I, I like to see him back last week. He was very produ- productive for Zach, Sal- Zach Calzada. Uh, you can tell I'm getting getting winded here. Um, but uh, he's at 3,300. So I think both those guys are someone who you can start with a building block piece. They're going to safe to get you something Maybe a little upside. Both have really nice matchups. Uh, A&M's at Ole Miss. Always love targeting that defense. So consider those two as building block pieces. Maybe play one. Maybe play both. Uh, but that's kind of what were my big takeaways. This is my first quick review of the night contest. And that's kind of it. So that's about it, guys. Uh, also, one last just um, thing I wanted to share. If you haven't been, um, go download that platform, Monkey Knife Fight, and check out my post on Fake Pigskin Every week, I play this game called the Touchdown Dance. It's not; It doesn't pay off huge, but it's been hitting every single week. The only times it missed since I've been playing it was due to an in-game injury. Um, other than that, it's been very uh, good to me. And it's, again, you're trying to basically just go read the post. It'll make sense. But basically, you're trying to pick three stud running backs uh, each slate to get at least four touchdowns. And if you raise it to five or six touchdowns um, as the goal, you can have a, a nice payout. The four touchdowns only gets you uh, 1.5 times your buy-in. So you're, you're paying, like say you pay, put up 50 bucks, you'd win 75 total. So 
it's not a huge payout, but it's consistently hitting every week in a just kind of a kind of easy money if you're going to go for four touchdowns. So go check that out. If you have the capability in your state to download that app, please download that app and uh, play this game every week. I think it'll uh, it'll work out for you. So, all right, that's it. Uh, no NFL this week. So um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Good luck, everyone.